0: back, everyone, to R2Cast number 87. Last week, we had Sophie Mitchell-Smith, who you may know of of as the female hoof trimmer. A good chat about stuff I had absolutely no idea about, so that was fun, learning about hoofs and learning about how to look after them well. uh, Next week, we have who you may know as Ollie Blogs Contracting, Ollie Harrison, big on the YouTubes and Instagrams. It's very much a three in a row of social media people, social media stars, and I think we have reserved the main one for tonight because... I could be wrong here, and I'm sure our guest will um, correct me if I am, but I'm unaware of any bigger farming TikTokers in the UK. Uh, from what I understand, today we have Maria Warren. Maria, would you like to say hello? Maria, sorry, would you like to say
1: hello? <laughs> <laughs> hello, you're right, everybody. I'm really excited to be on today.
0: Just before we get started with another episode of the R2Cast, I would like to thank our primary sponsors, Aplan Rural. Plan Rural are heavily involved on the social media scene, in the ag space with 120,000 followers on Instagram. They use this following to host social media takeovers with farmers throughout the country to showcase their stories. They also post to their rural community blog with further stories about these people in the industry. On top of this, they like to support initiatives that are championing the British agricultural industry, such as myself. So thank you to A-Plan Rural for that. Well, it's, it's, I'm glad you say that because as I said to you off camera, I. Massive fan, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> all right, fa- fanboying over here, I must say. Um, but, uh yeah, back in the the start of lockdown when TikTok became a thing, I don't know how long it would be, maybe a couple of months in when I was like, I'm not getting TikTok, I don't need TikTok, I'm better than this, I'm above it, I don't need to get it. Uh, and then I did sort of give in, maybe June or July time. Uh, you were certainly one of the first few accounts that I started popping up and quite enjoying the content. So we will get into that at some point. But could you give us a bit? of uh, background there, when you just sort of on you know are you from farming was was uh were you were you born into a family from the farm
1: <clears throat> yeah so i'm a fifth generation beef sheep and arable farmer from here in the heart of cornwall um my family has been farming this land for absolutely years now um so it's sort of in my blood um haven't really got any other blood in me other than farmer if i'm honest
0: <laughs> it's quite funny that you know like some folk would bring on and they're like oh i'm quite new to farming i've had this and had this uh you do get the old person i was quite i was quite certain you were going to one of these people it's just farming is everything was it always yeah. what you wanted to do
1: yeah yeah definitely ever since <clears throat> a young age um but no i feel like i should re-answer that <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was perfect that was perfect um like yeah so you're 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 sort of been brought up on the farm, a thing that I went through as well. And a uh, thing that probably a lot of folk wish they wish they had. Uh, was was like going to school and that sort of opening up your eyes to their friends and, and what sort of businesses their families were in, there was nothing else that was interesting for you at all now. Just not at all.
1: Um. So I do also do um, veterinary nursing on the side, just to bring in that extra roll of um, money. Because um, yeah. as we all know, farming doesn't pay as great as what it should really be doing, Um. which is really heartbreaking, especially after we got promised so much after Brexit and then so little was given back to us. Um. So yeah, it's really heartbreaking just not to see that profit in it. So having another income really helps. Um. So, no, I do do veterinary nursing as well. And I was inspired to do that when I was at a calving um, on the farm. I was must have been about three. And the vet came and I could see how panicked my dad was and everything else. He didn't know what to do. Um, And it turns out it was a twisted cow, so there's no way he could have got it out on his own. Um, Ended up being a cesarean section. And I was like, you know what? I want to be the person that helps this hero. (laughs) Um, And here I am now working in a large animal veterinary practice so i get to work with farmers every day which i love because i love the social aspect of it as well um yeah. you get to go out and meet different types of farmers see how they're doing and one thing that really surprised me when i went into the industry is how open everyone is about um like like i was saying earlier with the whole struggling financially or struggling with mental health and things like that which is another thing i'm extremely passionate about is mental health within agriculture And I try and promote that throughout my social medias, trying to keep the audience engaged with it um, and just sort of spread that positive message because I don't think mental health or safety within agriculture should be a boring subject to talk about. I feel like it can be easily enhanced and brought forward to the front line.
0: I I think you're right. And I think sort of mental health and and a lot of things in fairness that our generation, I'm saying our generation, you're probably a bit younger than me, but um, in general, sort of our generation are talking about, it's not taboo. You know, the fact that, you're just feeling rubbish and have done for a few weeks, and you want to know why and you want to sort that is not a negative. It's a negative. You need to fix it. Yeah, but we've got to talk about it, you know? And, and I think past generations, sort of in particular, sort of grandparents and before, it was like, you must never ever mention things are not perfect. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think um, from my parents and grandparents, Um, before, like, they've always been so open about everything. Like, you walk into our family farm, like, everyone's so open, we don't hide anything at all. Um, And I feel like that's a really good way forward for a lot of people to pick up on, Um, just because you feel so comfortable in just saying whatever you need to say at that moment in time. Um, And it just means you're not compressing however you feel. Um, I guess my interest originally started throughout lockdown with mental health and farm safety, Um, when I lost quite a few friends um, to mental health like poor mental health Um, and that really did hit me hard Um, but instead of I guess I channeled my sort of emotions towards the whole situation into well they would want me to do something about this rather than sort of wallow in how I feel and go into a shell because that was incredibly tempting Um, so no I just sort of contacted Yellow Wellies asked how I can sort of help and I mean they're a professional group who were a great place for me to start they helped me through that moment in time as well and they sort of gave me advice on how I can help others how I can make myself feel better and from then on I've just sort of channeled all that grief and energy into sort of promoting it to others and trying to make agriculture a more open place with all of it. Yeah
0: and I think that's brilliant I see a lot of this that you're doing there and I actually meant to I, meant to, I- for those of you listening, I sort of was about 10 minutes late to this. I meant to bring my keys. My keys are, are just outside and I've got my yellow wellies with me. They're always there. I've um, had them for about six years now and I met Stephanie a couple of times and she's came up uh, to sort of teach at our university um, to do the, the sort of days they do. Uh, and if you are listening and you're wondering what we're talking about, I will go into it at the man, in a minute. But if you check out, I think it's our 2 cast 13 if it's not, it's definitely Berkeley as the one to look up. She sort of had a chat about the Yellow Wellies Foundation and, and what's involved. But could you tell us your sort of um, your your experience with them, Maria?
1: With Yellow Wellies.
0: Yellow Wellies, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I originally reached out to them, like I was saying, um, during lockdown. And obviously, it was a very lonely time for everybody. Like we had never been put in the position where all of these sort of social butterflies were told to go in the houses and stay there. Like, all you've got is social media and that's all you can have for the next, I don't know, however many months it was. Um, So having Yellow Wellies sort of as a mutual basis that you weren't aware who they were, who you were talking to, which I thought was really nice, um, who could just sort of of be there for you, like, during that time, listen to you. And just, I don't know, I just messaged them through Instagram and they were, like, straight back on messaging straight away. Um, It was just really nice to have somebody to talk to and... Also the fact that I could they gave me sort of enough get-go just to channel my energy into helping them, which I'm a fixer. Okay. (laughs) Um so I like I like to fix situations without getting like too involved or anything. Um so when it came to me being able to help others, like that was a really big sort of kick for me. Like I, I don't know, it just got me really going and I was like, you know what, we can actually like make something good out of this um and especially working with a charity as great as the farm safety charity
0: yeah and i mean like if you go into your instagram it's one of the first things you see that you're you're involved in that and and you said about how difficult lockdown was you know forgetting what you've obviously went through personally like that sounds like it's been extremely difficult and to come out the side you have already already as brilliant in your sense you know um but it was it was just I think folk like, you know, maybe like yourself, I'm making an assumption here, but myself as well, um, you were locked down, but you did sort of have a farm to play about on and you could sort of at least be outside and you could get that time that 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 people weren't allowed. You know, they were allowed an hour and it was just, uh, it, I, um, we don't need to get into talking about COVID and stuff like that and no one knew how to deal with it because it was it was a new thing. But I, since about day two, have been against the whole lockdown idea just from a mental health perspective, but I get why they did but um, yeah, it was just, I hope, I think I guess what I'm trying to say is I hope it doesn't become a precedent that if we have another outbreak of something that we can do that again, because it's. it was, yeah, it was killing people from a, from yeah. a mental health perspective. Um, was,
1: I, think, I think you're completely <laughs> right, like having like acres of land to sort of roam around in and having a reason sort of to get up in the morning, so like to feed the stock, make sure everything's all right. And sort of having that set routine really helped me and I'm sure it helped many other farmers. And I I do really feel for the people that didn't get that opportunity or don't have that opportunity, not just in daily life, but especially during that period, because it was, it helped you like mentally, like it stimulated you. So it was great.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) I always feel guilty saying this, but in some ways that sort of two months was one of the best times I've had because... I'd got to go back, I was on furlough, you know, I was able to sort of just work at home and actually get paid for working at home, uh, you know, and, and and sort of go through that time and it was lovely weather and whatnot, But and that's actually sort of why I started creating content then, was I was like, people are stuck inside, let them see lambs, whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a nasty time and, and hopefully one we never have to see again, but people like yourself that are sort of pushing the narrative of making mental health normal and not scary to talk about yeah. is... is is the direction we need to go in um, it's
1: one of those clouds that has a silver lining
0: yes <laughs> that's a really good it. way of putting it yeah that's a great way of putting it actually yeah that's a really nice way of putting it um you've mentioned the farm there though maria what you told us sort of what's on it but what sort of size of farm is it what's involved oh sorry
1: um so we've got about 350 acres um which down in our sort of area cornwall is quite like sort of like the average size of farm um, we grow winter wheat and barley. Um, we're very self-sufficient. So that all goes on to our stock. Um, we do sell it to some of neighbouring farms as well. Um, I mean, you've got to look after your neighbours at the end of the day. Um, they're the ones that are going to help you out when you need it as well, um, which I love about the farming community. Like, the close-knit network is absolutely brilliant um, and everyone's sort of backing everyone whenever they can. Um, we've got about four... Just under four hundred breeding ewes, um, which we have started lambing now. Um, so they're like a cross between we've got a few Texels, Suffolk, Charolais, um, some North Country mules, um, which will we've um, bought replacements this year. So me and my sister went up to Yorkshire to buy replacements um, a few months ago now. Um, so they'll go in next year, which is really exciting. Try out a new breed. Um, when I tell you they can jump high, they can jump like four foot hedges. We got yeah, them in the yard, and I was out. like, "Hold up a minute, that's a sheep, not a, not a show horse." I had to sort of um, remind myself. I was like, "Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing here."
0: <laughs> <laughs> what have I done?
1: <laughs> it was like, I was like I was standing there. I was like, "This is a rookie error, isn't it?" I've just bought two hundred of these, <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, they've been they've been doing really well. And the stone hedges, they've um. They've been respecting those, just not the barriers.
0: <laughs> so they respect something, at least. Just
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're quite interesting. It <laughs> keeps us on our feet. Um, and then on the cattle side of things, we've got, uh, it's basically mainly a Hereford group. We did have a Charolais bull um, back along, but unfortunately the bull, absolutely great bull, um, but started chucking out really big calves. And obviously that wasn't very good for all the cows and heifers. Um So before anything went wrong with that, we decided to get Hereford um, bull, which I had been absolutely begging for four years. (laughs) Like from the, I used to go into um, the local um, village with my gran or local town, sorry, with my gran um, at a young age. And in Malcolm Barnicott's, which is like a local pastry shop around here, um, there was this um, lady who used to always go on about Hereford's to me every time I walked in. Um, she had known my gran from school and she was on a mission to poison me with Hereford's it worked it worked very well um so like from the age of eight around that sort of age I was set on having Hereford's and this farm covered in them and it, they've spread far and wide <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're quite impressionable as a youngster you know that three things were happening eight things were happening uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, you've made sure that they're coming through now yeah
1: they're... definitely I mean when I've I'm very um driven when I've got something I want I'm not gonna let it go until I've like earned it
0: (laughs) I could believe that I could could believe that (laughs) um am I right in saying I see you milking as well or is that just a job on the side? Uh, um
1: so I do occasionally (laughs) milk not very often um I did milk about six times a week and that would be like night milkings um so start at 11 p.m and finish at about three Um, And that was a thousand um, thousand cow unit. um, And it was milking 73 on a rotary. Um, So that was really interesting. Um, However, I was in a car accident when I was about um, 16. So just before I was learning to drive, I went in with a friend. It was the first time I have ever wore a seatbelt and it was the last time I will ever not wear one.
0: Oh, geez, that was lucky. I'm from guessing. now
1: on, no one goes in my car. I don't go in a car unless every single person has got seatbelt on. Um, and uh, it's one of those things that, although it's caused me so much pain because it gave me a back injury from it, um, still undergoing physio now when it was it was 2018, I think. Um, so I'm still suffering from that now. Um, but it was one of those things that I'm grateful it happened because it taught me so much um and I don't know I've never driven like since passing my test and even learning like I've never driven silly or anything like that and I know it may come across as a granny driver but it taught me that like I don't know life's just really precious can be taken away at any point
0: yeah, and I think, you know, I was probably one of the ones that was guilty of passing your test. And I don't mean like an idiot, but like driving fast and stuff. and know it's fun to try this, but yeah, you, you, grow, you grow more mature pretty quick. Like, and yeah, maybe it's it like what happened to you. You hope it doesn't take something like that. Uh, but um, the, the seatbelt thing was was one that has just been drilled into me from day one. Like,
1: yeah, definitely. you are
0: not getting in this car from mum and dad, like if you're not wearing it. Um, <laughs> definitely,
1: and that's a, that's a great way sort of to teach it. But no, that, that's why I stopped milking because um my back pain just started getting worse and worse. So I actually stopped last year um just because it, it wasn't worth it. Um so now occasionally my sister milks on the neighboring farm. Um she absolutely loves it. Um they love having her there, so it's working out really well for them. She's been there coming up to I think two years now. Um and she's become like the main milker um right. that they've got and they've just got a really reliable relationship there. Um, but occasionally I'll go up and help them if she's not able to make it in or something, or if she needs an extra hand in the parlour, I'll go in and help. But I keep my foot in the door with the dairy side, but not <laughs> as much as I would like to. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's money in it, there's money in it. Um, places are going well at the minute. Uh, you, you've mentioned your sister there, mentioned mentioned a lot of family. How many folk are involved in the farm?
1: Um, so it is very, very family orientated. Um, got my gran and my grandfather, um and then my mum and my dad so it's my um my dad's sort of family's farm okay does that that make sense
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: Yeah. um and then my younger sister Alison and my other half matthew and myself um that help out my auntie and uncle come occasionally and help us out um when they can when they're not at work um but no it's great it's really really family orientated and I don't know I just love working with family I think it's brilliant I think it's one of those things that not many people get to do and I don't take a single day for granted being able to experience that.
0: It's it's quite interesting listening to you speak already I don't know how long we have been talking now 10-15 minutes but you're so like you're obviously you're, you're you're younger than I am I know that but you're so like I don't know what what the term I'm looking for is you don't take advantage of anything. You don't take anything for granted. I can see that already. Like there was just, you said like it's a granny comment earlier. There's a lot of maturity in your voice already. It's quite interesting. And then uh, you know, followed you sort of on what's what's a bit of a fun TikTok and stuff. And it's quite interesting to see the real person behind that. It's really interesting. <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm so glad you mentioned the word gram for (laughs) Am I saying that right? You've been wanting that haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's just written right there.
1: (laughs) Oh correct spelling as well, very impressed.
0: Oh was it? I was all right? Yeah. Look at that. Um, That's a shock. I didn't really know, I sort of scribbled something down. So this, well maybe I'm wrong here, this is how I understand things blew up for you. Is that right? It was because of
1: his yeah, definitely. Accent. So before <laughs> I brought my grandfather onto my TikTok, I had about 200,000 followers. And All right, then, so you
0: were still pretty big, then. It was still, it's still, you weren't. Yeah, big, I think
1: yeah. I, I started like, I think three months before my grandfather got involved
0: right. and
1: it was just pure coincidence um, so I had a comment of someone saying you can't... This is when I bought my pedigree Herefords now. This is where it all started. <laughs> um, so I posted a video of them and I said they were heifers. And someone said, you can't get pedigree heifers. You can only get bulls. I believe that's the way round um, they said it. Okay. Um, and I replied to the video. And then out of nowhere, I just went... I saw my grandfather at the corner of my eye. And I was like, "Grandpa!" Shouted for him. And then he came over and... I mean, I've always been aware that people can't understand him. I just didn't realize how much they wouldn't be able to understand him. Um, (laughs) And he came over—I can't remember exactly what it was now—but saying, "Of course, you can get bloody Hereford heifers. Um, What do you think they are?" Um, (laughs) He came over all Cornish and everything else. Um, And I woke up in the morning with, I think, eight hundred thousand followers, and I was like, "How and how this happened?" Yeah, it—it was mental, like. It was literally just replying to a comment, like being sassy <laughs> with it, um, and then it just sort of went from there. And everyone loved him ever since.
0: <laughs> it's 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 funny. I plan on getting on social media. I've got a few more questions for on social media first, but it's funny how, especially these TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Reels can just blow up an account. Like yeah,
1: definitely. That. And I think that's why it's such a great place. Like you never know what <clears> you're going to see or who you're going to get. Like Instagram, I guess, is more people that sort of like post all the time and people that are sort of already in the public eye whereas you've got places like I don't know like the social media platform of TikTok like literally anyone can blow up and you've got such a variety of people and I think that's why it's such a great place that you, ne- you never know what you're about to see or what you're about to learn about um, and it opens your eyes to so many things
0: it, yeah and, and you know you mentioned community earlier like this is not a thing for TikTok, almost not in the slightest, I think. Uh, but like the Instagram, Sophie and I spoke at this last week, the Instagram community and the farming sort of side of things, it's amazing.
1: It definitely, like,
0: yeah. Yeah, like there's so many folk that are just like, they've either got massive followings or they've got tiny followings or they're they're just telling a cool story. and Everyone just supports each other. I love it. I would just like to quickly interrupt the show for a minute to give you some extra information on our primary sponsors, Aplan Rural plan offer bespoke cover for farms and estates, the UK over, and will give you tailored insurance for anything on the farm from your old workhorse tractor that's been around 20 years or a fancy new and exciting diversification. It's, so you know, fun. it's
1: absolutely great. Um, it is a really, really supportive community. Um, and it's an absolute honour to be a part of that. And it's great how both accounts small and big um connect in such a way that it supports everybody and i don't, I don't know it's just a great community to be in it
0: is it is and it, I've, I've got some i was saying this again like i said to sophie last week i've got some no, like notable friends some of them i've never met yet <laughs> but you know i know i can go to them for so many things and this is all just off of this sort of thing yeah
1: definitely um, and i think it's amazing how like You've got on, say, the Instagram community, for example, like, you've got first-generation farmers, sixth-generation farmers, people that are literally just interested in learning a bit more. And the whole agricultural community on social media is so, like, aware of... I don't know, not aware, but um, so ready to teach everyone and welcome everyone with open arms. Um, And I think that's absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you sort of... You bring up a good point there. And maybe this isn't something... Um, that's the case in Cornwall I've been to Cornwall twice by the way absolutely love the place Uh, it's a lovely bit Uh, up in Scotland certainly one thing I would say that's an issue in farming is this sort of idea that you have to know everything like oh you should know this you should already be whatever and me as someone who came from a farm had a honours and then a subsequent master's in the sort of sector I was going on to farm sometimes for the odd job here and there and like well no, if I don't know it they're going to take a piss here you know and I feel like that's not the case on the social media side yes there's the bad side of course there is but for the most part it's like you say um vets will give you tips on this and that and yeah it's brilliant it's really Yeah, cool. no,
1: it is and <laughs> I think you've definitely raised a, a brilliant point there the fact that A lot of people do think you need to know a lot before you can voice up in agriculture. And I definitely think there is a definite stigma there that needs to be covered. Um, And Yeah, no, it definitely needs to be covered. And I've never really thought about that before. Um, So I guess that's opened my eyes in a way that sort of, I don't know, I've always been very open to teaching others. Like a lot of my friends, um, they've not come from farming backgrounds. So I've always sort of been around people that, Oh, why are you having to pull the lamb out, or why are you holding the lamb by two legs um rather than the whole thing? And for those listening that don't know, um, it's so we don't get the scent on us and it doesn't harm the lamb in any way, so the mother won't reject it. Um but no, so I've always been and you don't around... even
0: realize it. you're just teaching as you go <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: But no i've I've always been around people that sort of haven't been part of the farming community before, so why would they know? Um, and I guess that's why so many. Like the bad stigma comes from in agriculture when it comes to, I don't know, like, I don't want to put a label on it, but like sort of like the vegan front of things. yeah um Don't get me wrong. I've met so many vegans that are absolutely lovely people, but there are that small minority, which there always will be in any group you go to that are just so set on, well, I've seen this happen. So it must be because of that and won't listen to the actual reasons. um. I think it's really sad that people close their minds off once they've seen it, um, but just to explain those little things and why we do it because if you walk onto a farm and saw the way we do things or I don't know, without an explanation, you'd be like, what on earth is going on here? Um, yeah, Do it for the safety and the welfare of our animals to keep it at the very, very highest that we can. Um, it's just sort of explaining that as we go.
0: The, the vegan one's an interesting one. I've spoke about this a million times on the podcast because <laughs> my Masters, I did a that my master's of food security but a specific module called um animal welfare and some fancy word, but I can't remember what the word was. But anyway, animal welfare was a massive part of it. And there was 29 of us in that class, and two of us were farmers and 27 were vegan, right? And it was eye-opening, let me tell you. Uh, but it was so interesting. Like I had folk that on day one were calling me words I'm not going to say on the podcast, just having just met me. And then we sort of had a chat over the course of 15 weeks. And you started to sort of see their point of view, our point of view, fantastic points of views on both. There is a lot of merits to veganism, a lot of them. Um, But like you say, it's that sort of activist side that drags them down. And I think it's important to mention that on the farming side, we have those people as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we have the negative ones that, oh, just throw some mint sauce in the lamb. That's such a common one. It's just so unfunny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I can definitely see both sides and where they're coming from because they're such strong beliefs and they both carry so much passion it's about animals who doesn't love animals um yeah. so I guess they've got so much passion behind them and it's just sort of that taking a step back breathing for a moment and actually realizing we could have a really good discussion here and really like meet meet grounds and get to know one another's thoughts and why we're thinking it and sort of educate one another on both sides and I think it's just stepping back and taking that minute to realize that this could be a great communication that we're about to have
0: yeah exactly and both will almost definitely learn something
1: uh, yeah definitely
0: there's so much on either side no absolutely and I think you know I've I said it a few times don't know if this is one you've heard but I sort of like the idea of why fight fire with fire when you can use water
1: you know just yeah. have
0: a ch- yeah like need <laughs> to shout at each other if someone's shouting at you and you don't shout back if they're still shouting three sort of sentences later they just look like an idiot like <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't happen um <laughs> it just absolutely does not happen um i'd actually plan to get into sort of social media side on the end but we're sort of jumping in um you what sort of do you have nowadays About 880 nine hundred thousand something like that i don't know where
1: you're um, at let me have a quick check i'm not not the best with numbers if i'm honest
0: <laughs> worry, no,
1: you're i've had here. to i've had to get a necklace with my herd number on so when i go to market i don't have to go um <laughs> um um give me a moment let me think
0: um that it works amazing. really well though if anyone's that's, struggling that's, with
1: herd numbers get yourself a little um piece of jewelry with it on <laughs>
0: you yeah, it's a clever one that in fairness that's a good one i like that, I like
1: that um so i've got just over 900 000,
0: that's mad, isn't it? When you yeah. think about what that yeah. number Like, you could just say, oh, 930,000 grand, but then you actually I look mean, in.
1: If five people came in a room and started, or came to the farm and started watching me do things, I would start blushing.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I yeah.
1: couldn't imagine that amount of people coming in sort of watching anything.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a 70th of our country.
1: It's ridiculous, you know? isn't it? Honestly, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's funny you say that. Like, I mean... My job as a lecturer, I'm not often in front of 930,000 people. Normally, like, sort of 25. Uh, But that's sort of 25 and up. I do guest speakings and stuff, like 100 and so on and so forth. That's fine. But when you say, like, five, worst thing ever. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I agree. Because
1: they they ask the most questions, I tell you. (laughs) No, I've I've spoken, like
0: they are real people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not just
1: number I've done a lot of um public speaking mm-hmm. events through young farmers which is an absolutely great foundation if anyone wants to get involved with it absolutely brilliant um and I mean through that it's opened so many opportunities it's boosted my confidence so much like I genuinely don't think I would be here today speaking as confidently as what I am without that Federation um I mean I went and spoke as a guest speaker at my graduation in front of like 400 people yeah and I got back down and I was like, oh, that was all right, actually. And I have young farmers to thank for that. Like it's absolutely brilliant in so many different ways. Like we're not just drunk and rowdy, like <laughs> we're educating ourselves along the way and raising money for charities.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've got to say that you are at times drunk and rowdy. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which cover you in?
1: Um, I'm part of St. Maybe Young Farmers, so I'm part of the Cornwall Young Farmers group. Right,
0: yeah. And uh, have you done it basically since you could?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I actually joined at the age of 13, which at my club, it starts at 14. Um, but they needed an extra person for a pantomime they were doing. <laughs> um, it might have been cabaret, actually. No, it was a cabaret performance they were doing. Um, and they needed one more dancer. And I happened to get dragged in by my older cousin, and with that, I needed a membership and I just sort of stayed from there. So um, it's been quite a while now that I've been a member of that club.
0: Yeah, definitely. Ca- Cabaret is a thing we don't really do up here. Maybe sort of your north of Scotland does it a wee bit um, in central, yeah. like um, in the west and that where we're sort of the club I'm in it's not really a thing what we do is a thing called talent spot which is very similar from what I understand but um it's funny you mentioned young farmers sort of starting at 13 I started at 25 I only started last year and uh, I was always a bit like oh it can't be that good can't be that good <laughs> man I wish I'd started earlier I wish I'd started earlier. It's,
1: av- it's a brilliant federation like you go from one week to learning how to do golf and like having a great time at the course um and then next week you can sort of go to i don't know like a chicken farm and learn about how they do it um and then go on to bowling the next week and then i don't know literally anything like there That's is no crazy. limitations i did um the program secretary so i arranged um what we did each week um with the meetings so it was during lockdown it's really difficult actually because the companies were like going down covid so they couldn't like come yeah. onto the zoom call or anything um, but I started the first one off with um, Donkey from Grassmen. Um,
0: brilliant.
1: Do you not ask me how I managed to get him involved? I have no idea. I think someone was waving their magic wand and helping me out then. <laughs> did,
0: you, did you have your following at that point?
1: Um, yeah, I had a... Yeah, it oh, was yeah. just where I started getting Grandpa involved.
0: Right. So um, still pretty big, yeah. Still pretty no, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> But he was absolutely brilliant. And like you were saying earlier, when you start talking to the actual person, you learn so much more about them. Um and I don't know he was like peeling back like all his layers of his life and everything and it was brilliant to hear about and the fact that how he started and everything else and the amount of hiccups he has as he got his business going it was really inspiring to hear um but no and then like we didn't done like gin making and then a livestock haulage company came on um gave us a talk on that um so there was so much variation in what we did and there still is now even without um lockdown so it's brilliant
0: yeah lockdown was a funny time for it. i wasn't in it at that time but a lot of young farmers clubs must have struggled but like yourselves and certainly the one i'm in we still managed to have events on every, every week like <laughs> and keeping it going and keeping it sort of yes maybe you get a wee bit bored of a zoom quiz i know i certainly did but uh, you know sort of keeping those things going was brilliant. Donkey was a massive pool, that's that's a fantastic. One. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but like, like even, even the last two weeks, I'll have had a couple of dance practices for this. I've curled twice, never curled in my life. Ooh. Um, and uh, what was the other thing? Something else, but yeah, it's just golf's one, but not not recently. And you're on stage in a theater and stuff, That opportunities it gives you is phenomenal, as I said. And and like, I'm new to this area. And, uh, yeah, I've met 30, 40 mates. You know, it's brilliant. It's uh, it's <laughs> yeah, so definitely. useful.
1: And so, you never uh, know what you're going to do next. Like, we were dung, we're dung bagging, um, just done our dung bagging. Um, and at the end of it, you, like, end up throwing the manure over everybody and just go home smelling like, well, you can, you can guess yep. what you smell like at the end. Um, <laughs> and then, like, the week after we went on and performed in the Hall for Cornwall, which is, like... Like the West End, but the Cornwall version.
0: Okay, yeah. Yep. It's not the East End, is it? No, that's the West. I've got the wrong side bad oh, So close, so close. Terribly embarrassed myself there. That's so bad. Oh, no. It's all right. It the compass up. was broken. <laughs> it certainly was. Good God, that was not a good one. Um, quite a lot of folk get in touch with me, and Maria, and they ask sort of questions about about social media and stuff. And, and I have, I mean, not big a following i think about eight and a half thousand over everything so it's not big in the slightest you're sitting there with pretty much a million and the question i get for a lot of people or from a lot of people is has it has it given you i don't want to say like a better life but has it offered you a lot of opportunities that that you definitely wouldn't have had before you've talked about opportunities you've had through young farmers and and, and that sort of thing but has, has social media made made life and your sort of selling of yourself i guess as, as a sort of entity easier?
1: Um, I guess it depends which way you look at it. Um, social media side of things, working with different companies, brands, charities, it's opened up so many doors. Um, and the thing I'm most grateful for is the fact that I've got a platform that I can share positive messages on and help people out. So yeah, it has opened so many doors that it wouldn't have opened before. Um, but yeah, no, it has really helped in different opportunities. Um, but even with a like smaller following, like you'd s- still be able to help out, spread the message and everything else. It just I guess it depends the time and effort you put in it. I know when I don't post for a little while, like I can lose followers and things like that, which used to really bother me. But right. now, honestly, like if, if I'm not posting for like a week or so, just because I need some time away from it, need to focus on real life life's just got busy sort of thing um it doesn't bother me anymore if I come back and there's sort of less there um because why would there be I haven't been posting for a while so why would <laughs> they be interested in following um, but no it's it's been a great way to connect with people um which I wouldn't have connected to with before because of the amount of people I've got on there I guess um so yeah no, I'm really grateful for the opportunities it's opened up and the ones that hopefully it will open up in the future
0: I mean, I mean, we see the Fairfax in favour. We, we see. <laughs> um, It's interesting you say that about the sort of, you were focusing on losing, losing not views, but uh, uh, followers. Was, would you say that was impacting you like to like a level you're like, right, this is, this is actually impacting me? Or was it just, oh, why are we losing followers?
1: Um, I guess it got to me to begin with when it first started happening. It's um, sort of like, I don't know. I just sort of got used to it after a while. And it doesn't bother me at all now. Um, yeah. It's just one of those things about growing, isn't it? Like you're always going to have setbacks. And in the social media platform, that is going to be the setback. Um, yeah. But no, my my aim was never to have followers. Um, don't get me wrong, you need followers to spread a message. But my name, my aim was never to have as many followers as what I've got now. My aim has always been to sort of raise awareness for farming, get women in agriculture involved, um, as well as young younger males as well and any any age any age person um but get people involved with farming sort of make it a more transparent industry um and also again bringing up the mental health and farm safety just to bring that to the Forefront um so yeah the following on top of that is just an absolute blessing and a cherry on top
0: yeah yeah that's that's a good way of putting it good way of putting it and uh yeah, I've got one more question about you building the TikTok. But if you are listening, you're enjoying the story uh, with Maria at the minute. As I said, I'm. I think she's. Do you know if there's any bigger UK farming
1: TikToks? Do you know of any um, bigger ones? I'm not too aware. No. No, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm
0: not too sure. Sorry. I'm quite a social media analyst. Like I love this stuff, and I'm. I, I'm like I'm writing a PhD proposal in it and stuff. Like I'm really into it, and uh, I don't know of anyone. So, But if you are enjoying it and and you're thinking, oh, I wonder who else I can watch on TikTok, I think, let's see if I can do the numbers here. Ginger Louise, who's about 175,000, had on R2Cast number 28 or 27, 27. Uh, and then Charlotte Ashley Farms was... 54 and then katie shanahan was 55 so if you're listening um check those three out and and obviously this one as well obviously because i think they're four of the real big standouts, sort of in the all oh, women in agriculture as well um i don't follow many guys on tiktok in the farming side in the uk actually now i sort of say that out loud um but yeah you you said uh oh yeah when i got gramfer involved i was at two hundred thousand. i thought you were gonna say 200 uh <laughs> you said two hundred thousand. You said you're at a fifth of a million, just like that. Uh, did did you, you said you weren't intending to get followers, I get that, but what, what did something take you up to 200,000 or did it just slowly rise? Because you said it was um, like three or four months, didn't you?
1: Yeah, so it just slowly rose from there, really. Um, I guess it was sort of the niche of seeing a woman, drive a heavy mach- heavy machinery. Ah, okay, um, yeah, yeah. And the fact that that message was out there, because it was at the point where sort of, Not many women in agriculture were sort of posting as much as what they do now, which is absolutely great to see. And you labelled some absolutely brilliant um, social media people there um, and women in agriculture that are doing an absolute blessing for the community. Um, But no, I I never.
0: Yeah, it just happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it just happened.
0: (laughs) It's funny you say about the women in agriculture there. Just when you said it, I thought I'd flip back through the last few podcasts we've done. Walters. Um, Emily Adicott, Savo Jane Craigie, god there's loads in the last few there's a lot to check out um, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes, that building up isn't there it just, it just yeah, but I mean as I say I, I I, don't know sometimes it's really hard to sort of put your finger on what you like about content, like we had uh, the female hoof trimmer on the famous hoof trimmer of course the hoof GP uh, from about 50 miles from where I am at the minute Um biggest farming youtuber in the world and we know what people like about that they like that sort of pimple popping asmr thing uh, which i don't by the way i hate it oh i don't know how folk watch that like i'm i even said this to sophie last week i was like i can't do it um but yours is just sort of showing what's on the farm you've got that sort of sass when folk give you some shit and uh, like it's just entertaining i really do it like it's a really good account but is it is it just tiktok and instagram you use or do you use anything else
1: Um, No, it's literally just TikTok and Instagram. They're sort of my two main go-tos. And like you said, right at the start of the podcast, um, you were never really like sort of had the aim to download TikTok. Um, I was literally like forced by a friend to download it. They were like, you need to. And like every five minutes would be messaging me, like sending them over. And I was like, just going to have to download it at this point. And then I think my sister was like, why don't you just upload one? And I was like, all right, okay, I'll bite the bullet. And there was me thinking that it was just gonna be a giggle amongst friends, but it hit off really well. But <laughs> yeah, here we are now.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it is funny that I mean, like my my partner at the time was like just in bed at night, like just <laughs> <laughs> like what it can't be that good. <laughs> We've been social media <laughs> for years. How is it better? And then I'd sort of like maybe <laughs> be looking over her shoulder, and be like, oh, <laughs> "What's that wee dance?" And uh, I remember <laughs> the first the first video I watched on TikTok was a. Uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I don't know if you watch football, but uh, um, doing like a, a dance with his partner where he jumped upstairs, and I was just like, oh my god, it's so catchy, I need this and then, yeah, addicted And we that, you're
1: in your pyjamas jumping up the stairs
0: Yeah <laughs> No, there's a draft on my TikTok of me trying, I I don't think I could ever release it, because it's just me I think, I no think you should link
1: it into the podcast
0: Nah, 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 oh, nah, you can't, do me, you, like you can't do me don't like this um, and I, i'm like trying and everything in the kitchen like trying to get it to make my legs go the right way and it never ever happened uh, but yeah that was me hooked and uh, as i said sort of farm tick tock appears and you were certainly one of the ones that jumped out then Um you mentioned about vet nursing <laughs> about three hours ago but uh, <laughs> vet nursing did you go to uni for that maria or were you agricultural
1: well, um so i studied with cornwall college and um so the Cornwall College group through Dutchy College. And it meant that I could stay at home, work on the farm um, whilst getting an education at the same time. I also did the same through university. I done it with the Cornwall College group and Dutchy College. Um, because I mean it's just a family farm, like we have to all help out. Um, yeah. and that was really important to me, finding education that could work around my lifestyle, and it really did. Um, so I started um with a level three diploma in agriculture. Um I done one year of that, and then I realised I had enough UCAS points. I don't know. Do you guys have UCAS points up where you are? Yeah,
0: but I'm. I'm like. I don't know if you know, but I'm a lecturer, and uh, like, I'm just out of where I was, and why I was ten minutes late it was like a big revalidation thing, looking at points, and you. It's all different in England to what it is in Scotland, but we oh, do really? have. Yeah, we do have them.
1: Yeah. so <laughs> To get into this course, all you had to have was um the amount of UCAS points, and an education within animal like the animal side of things um so I went straight on to university and I didn't actually mention my age at the time to the lecturer because I didn't think it mattered um but it turns out I actually got in a year early um (laughs) I mean my age and everything was on the paperwork like they I'm sure they would have checked it over but about like three weeks into the course they're like Maria how old are you and I was like um literally just turned 17 and they were like this course is 18 plus and I was like <laughs> oh, I'm here now you can't actually get rid of me <laughs> um, so no it, it was kind of a fluke that I got in a year early um but I really enjoyed the course and passed everything first time um with merit and distinctions um so no it was it was great
0: so you did it with young farmers getting in a year early you might as well have done it with uh, say <laughs> yeah, there's a trend <laughs>
1: happening isn't there there's a trend
0: yeah. <laughs> what's next that you're going to jump into a year early I don't know if that happens after 18 <laughs> anymore but, uh, yeah and um, so so can you be a vet nurse without a qualification then because that was agriculture that qualification wasn't it
1: yes yeah, so yeah. um that agriculture diploma and then sorry I went on to do a degree in veterinary nursing
0: Right got you got you. Um yeah. so you
1: can either have a diploma or a degree and I settled for the degree course just cuz I thought why not? Yeah so absolutely. I would have been in if I stayed in the agricultural course I would have been there for another year and then would have had to do another two years of um sort of diploma level veterinary nursing so I thought well I just well do the whole four years of education and go into three years of uni. Um
0: Would, so would you advise it to would you tell anyone else to do it? Advise yeah all the definitely
1: um as I it's one of those industries just like agriculture that can be incredibly rewarding but at the same time it can be incredibly challenging like you've got to remain professional whilst a family is saying goodbye to their best friend and you've got to walk out of that room like with your head held high rather than sort of you really want to let your emotions go and it's one of those things that you sort of not willingly but you desensitize to over time Yeah. Um, And I guess in agriculture, you've got to put on a brave face like when you're losing stock um, for God knows how many reasons. Um, And you've got to put on a brave face then and sort of get on with it. And I think they're very, very similar industries with the emotions you have to face and the reasons you have to face them. I mean, it's working with animals, isn't it? It's always it's, going to be challenging, but it's incredibly rewarding. Like you could have a dog in that's just been, I don't know, let's go R T A hit by a car, for example. Um, you could have one of those come in, and you could think it's like the very last day this dog's going to have, and then a week later you're watching it like bound towards its family and go home and live however many years of happy life. Um, it's so rewarding.
0: That that's a really good way to put that. This, yeah, I mean like. I'm a cat person through and through. I love cats. Now, speaking of TikTok, I don't have a big TikTok, but what my TikTok basically is is me teaching my cat to jump up, right? Uh, we, we, James, you can jump a good sort of five feet into my arms. And uh, this is basically all I do. But the, that moment where you're like, right, I know it's time that they need to go. For them, this is the right thing to do. It's the fucking hardest thing on this planet. It Definitely. is so hard. Now, that's a dog, a cat, a guinea pig, whatever your best friend, as you said, is. And you having to stand there, and I would like to think I'm being on a farm. I'm probably not one of the the, the ones that it impacts. certainly when I'm there. You know, I would try and make sure it was all right for you guys as well. But some focus their life, man, and that's sort of hitting them. And oh, For you to stay professional and supportive must be a very difficult balance. Yeah, and, and I commend you and vets and anyone involved in that sector for yeah, it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's not just like animals you've just met that day, which it can be, it definitely can be. But it's like animals you've sort of helped make better, like throughout their lives, yeah. like you've watched them from a puppy, like come up to I don't know, just really old age. And it's it, it can be really like heartbreaking. You've just got to put your emotions aside for that. But like I said, it's the same in agriculture. And I didn't mention a positive agriculture, but it comes with so many rewarding things like spring's my absolute favourite time. And the fact that you get to welcome like new life into the world each year and we get to do that every year. Like it's so rewarding. Like what what other industries can do this?
0: (laughs) Well, that's it. And and like you say, and there's there's quite that famous question, what's your favourite season? And I was always, when I was younger, I was I don't really know what my favourite season is. And my dad puts it so well. Every season's his favourite season. It's like the change into next one. I always think mm-hmm. autumn is probably a wee bit boring, but like, it's its still nice. You know, you're going into like, oh, it's pumpkin spice latte time. It's, you know, Halloween, whatever. Like every new season has has a new exciting thing. And that's like, you know, that's with, with farming, that's amplified. Uh, and that's probably why, as much as I love summer and I love winter, I think spring's my favourite. Because I work a job that's sort of well, it's university based. Yes, I'm working on the farm for for the uni here and there um, with students. But that two week holiday to go back and lamb for my mum and dad is just like it's so. I don't know the word is refreshing. I don't know what it is, but yeah. it's, it's Um. Yeah, you've started lambing. Is that indoor? I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2 cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, the Scottish farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Are you indoor or outdoor? Um, yeah,
1: so it was outdoor, and then we had um snow back in. I think it was, I think that was 2018 as well, actually. A lot happened that year. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and we don't get snow down here very often. The news told us we weren't going to have any, so nobody believed it was coming. Um, no one was prepared. And we were mid lambing. and we woke up in the morning, and it was the most heartbreaking day I've ever had, like, ever, right. like, agriculture, outside of agriculture, literally anywhere. Like, the frost started. We were like, there are sheep here that have obviously lambed, and we couldn't see any lambs anywhere. Oh, yeah. We when the frost like or the snow frosted and it like had gone um there was just lambs everywhere and unfortunately like a few of them passed away quite a few of them everyone that was covered um and it was absolutely gut-wrenching like we couldn't have done anything about it we were doing sort of hourly checks but all the snow fell within an hour period um and with that everything was covered and obviously sheep go to the side of the hedge don't they yeah, um, yeah. when they're lambing because they like to be away from everyone away from danger they sort of segregate themselves during that time and because they're nearing the hedge the snow falls and creates a barrier there and I, I don't know i just cannot imagine going through that day again um so from then on we sort of decided that indoor lambing was the way forward and let me tell you it has been the best decision ever we haven't had snow since
0: well, but, this is the thing, and, and I was going to say that. Did you say, uh, you, you crackled for two seconds. Was it 2018, you said?
1: Yeah, I think it was 2018, yeah. if I remember rightly. Um, was that that
0: beast from the east? Is that, Yes, is that- yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we d- we're Cornwall. We didn't expect there to be snow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. That's, it's, Someone it's mentions funny. snow
1: in Cornwall and everyone else laughs. We'll see that in, in like 10 years' time, not now.
0: <laughs> it's, it's the hard one that hits, though, when it hits you and you're not ready for it, because we have yeah, a very oh, similar honestly,
1: gut-wrenching yeah um, but yeah I mean it was the year I learned how to skin a lamb which for anyone who doesn't know what that is it's where you've already got a lamb that's passed away from natural causes um, and it's the best way to describe it it's a donor like we would be a donor if we passed away and somebody else needed our organs um, so then we'd foster that lamb on to the mother that's gone through the loss of the lamb um, so we foster a new lamb on that potentially has come from a triplet or a twin. Um, and it helps the grieving mother. The mother's not going to suffer from sort of any milk milk problems from not being um, not feeding. Um, and also, that lamb then gets the attention of the mother, so it wears the coat, the old coat of the old lamb, um, which is really great. And I learned that during that period, and it's the first time I've ever used it. And I hope it's one of the last times I have to properly use it. <laughs>
0: Well, it's, it's one of those things that you're going to use quite often. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not, as I've said, I've, I'm quite soft, <laughs> I'm quite soft stomached, but that is one of the best skills there is in sheep farming. It, it seems gnarly and it is in a way, but also for the lambs and for the sheep, it's not at all. It's right. only really us that has the difficult thing of having yeah. to do it. You know, they're dead and it's better. But, um, yeah. but actually, speaking of bringing life into the world, I believe uh, the family deserves some congratulations. Uh, obviously which is a uh, I thought it was the coolest little thing ever when you gave your grandparents the little uh, scan Thank very you. cute very cute uh, I was uh, I was very excited as well Must say, I've never met you but just yeah it's always fun to <laughs> stuff like that
1: I tell um, you what it's been very tough though at this point from the whole way through it's been fine been all good I've been managing to keep up high word and everything else but now I'm what's eight months down the line so i've got are, eight, you? are you eight months yeah okay. yeah literally just coming up to eight months um it's becoming very real now but also because we've just started lambing i'm not allowed anywhere near You're not it. allowed. yeah yeah because of <laughs> the risk of the risk of catching diseases um from the sheep um you can uh you can catch so many different diseases i can't think of too many off the top of my head but um even like chlamydia you can catch off a lambing sheep <laughs> um and obviously that is not good for anyone let alone a pregnant person <laughs> um, so you know um i've been banned from the lambing shed
0: i think it's i think it's one of those things it's it's, it's not even a, a a negotiable like a pregnant woman just should not be near uh, a lambing shed. Um, I know, and like, it's the
1: same with um with the calving can't go near any of that um and even in lamb ewes actually and in calve cattle um they they're quite dangerous to be around when you're pregnant as well, which I wasn't aware of. Uh, being part of the veterinary industry really opened my <laughs> eyes to that. Um, so no, it's it's been a bit bit tough when everyone's like, oh, there's a lambing sheep, and I would usually be the first one to leg it out like oh, I'm gone. <laughs> um, whereas now I'm like, oh, let me know how it goes.
0: I think for I think for what especially when you're eight months, <laughs> I, think, I think you should just be able to sit down and be like, no, this is my time to be calm. I think you've earned it, every year. Um, but yeah, for for, for folk listening, uh, one one major problem that that yows get is EAE, which is endoautic abortion in yows, and enzynotic basically a disease that can go human to animal, um, and uh, yeah, abortions in the middle there, and that's obviously the last thing we want. So that's why uh, we want to sort of keep pregnant pregnant uh, humans away from 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 lambing and cabin sheds. Uh, pregnant humans—that was a weird way to say that. <laughs> you got my point. You got my point. Uh, you you knew what I meant. Um, oh, here. Listen, Maria, I've, uh, I've uh, as I said, followed you for, I don't know, God, probably probably the best part of three years now, yeah, because lockdowns in 2020, so yeah, probably June time, um, this will be coming out in March, so uh, yeah, about that sort of period, it's quite weird, I do this with a lot of these folk I have on here, you know, followed them for ages, followed them for ages, and uh, I'm like, oh, it's really good on the podcast, it's a really interesting story, <laughs> and it's been a great story, uh, you've been so so pleasant to talk to as well, which has been great. Um. It's always good to sort of highlight that sort of mental health side and and speaking uh, and and looking after ourselves, because historically it's been an industry that we don't care about ourselves and we we sort of put ourselves second. Uh, So that's that's very good. Um, But there is two questions I ask everyone at the end of every podcast. And that is uh, one, where do you see yourself in five years? And two, if you had tips for folk coming into farming, what would they be? Okay.
1: um Baby brain, you'll probably have to refresh me with the second question. That's fine. <laughs> Go for the
0: five years and then I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, five years down the line, being completely honest, I see myself taking every single opportunity that comes at me, um just like I do now. And I have no idea where that will lead me. Absolutely no <laughs> idea. Um, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm showing my pedigree Hereford, uh, making a breeding business out of that. I'd like to think that um my little ones sort of sort of showing an interest in agriculture what? by that point if they're not, I'm absolutely fine with that too. Um, they might have more sense to go get some money <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's> um, awesome. <laughs> uh, but no I guess I don't I really don't know that's such a tough question. I see myself being busy, way. and if I'm busy, I'm going to be happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it, and and I think a lot of folks say that. You know, if I'm if I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm doing what I'm happy doing, then that, that's a win. I don't have yeah. to have a certain thing. Uh, I've actually just realised that the point of this being released is about three weeks from now, maybe four weeks from now. Um, so five years from now, you might have a five-year-old to the day.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> <It laughs> might say, might yeah. say. <laughs> yeah,
0: just realised that in a second. Um. The other question is sort of if you had tips for folk coming into farming, what would they be?
1: Um, For anyone coming into agriculture, I would say absolutely go and get it. Any opportunity, like I was saying, take it straight away. Um, That would be my best advice for anyone. And probably one of the only life sort of advice I've ever taken and really listened to is take every single opportunity, even if you think it's not going to benefit you in any way at all. Um, it will open a door without you even knowing about it. Um, It doesn't matter what role you go into when you start agriculture, um, whether that literally just be going in and watching a farmer for a few days at a time a week or literally just showing an interest through social media or starting off in the lambing industry or the calving industry, um, milking. They're really good places to start. um, Or going in full bore straight away. I mean none of these are bad places to start they're all great and they'll all give you such a leg up into the industry i would just yeah take every single opportunity you can and don't let negativity get you down agriculture can be one of those industries where you're going to have five bad days and two good and then the next week every day is going to be good and you have to take them all sort of with a pinch of salt because no day is the same absolutely no day um got to un- expect the unexpected all the time it's one of those industries where you go in and you're not just a farmer you're a mechanic you're a midwife you're you're doing everything like you're part of you're part of a great community that do so much and I think it's the only industry where you you're sort of part of every industry if that makes sense
0: yes yeah Very um, good. so Very keeping good, an yeah.
1: open mind to all the different jobs it might be a job you don't want to do but go forward and sort of do it to your best ability because you never know what's going to come out of it. Um, But yeah, just take everything you can.
0: Yeah, those was excellent tips. I mean, like, it's it's that sort of opportunity one. I don't know if you know of Amy Wilkinson. I don't know if she's someone you've came across. Um, uh, had Amy on the podcast. And her sort of tip was kind of similar to yours. I, I, t- I say this to quite a lot of people. I think it's a brilliant saying. She's like, I was really shy. I was really nervous. And sometimes, like, an opportunity would come away. And I'd be like, oh, no, I better not. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to, you know, for whatever reason, yeah. And as I'm sure we've all done at some point. And then she was like, I got this stage, I was like, just this 20 seconds of blind, stupid confidence, say yes and deal with it later. And I was like, that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, take every opportunity that comes your way. And sometimes you might make a tit yourself, but who cares? The next one's gonna be worthwhile.
1: And I think it's one of those industries, like, like we were saying earlier, you have to go in knowing everything, and everyone thinks that way. It's one of those industries that people can laugh at you and sort of make a mockery when you're asking a silly question if that makes sense but it's not silly like they've all asked it before but they would have been at a younger age when they asked it or been taught it without without having to be asked and it's because they've been in the industry for so long like they would have done it all before it's just they've they've forgotten the fact that one day they didn't know that um, <laughs> so everybody has started absolutely clueless into this industry I mean who hasn't we've just got to be proud enough sort of to say hey I used to know nothing <laughs> now look at yeah, us yeah
0: yeah definitely and and I think you know I've garnered quite a reputation I mean I'm a lecturer so people expect me to know some things which I would like to think I do um but I will throw out a good three or four questions a day and folk are like how did you not know that and I'm like I don't know I just didn't but now I do it <laughs> 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 throw it out there there's so many things every no, day definitely. is new no day Every
1: and day. no matter how long someone's been in agriculture, they are learning something new. I guarantee every day.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I even learn stuff like from. I've, I learned so much from my students, like because I don't have the same system as them. I have, you know, everything. So yeah, absolutely. Um, no, listen. As I said, Maria, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate your time. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed. Hope you've enjoyed it yourself.
1: Yeah, I've absolutely loved it. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Good. I'm glad. And and I will say this, this podcast will be out way later than this because we're talking about tomorrow, but Maria is going to be on the radio tomorrow. So that's very exciting. Um, on the, Is it radio or is it TV? Yes, yeah, so
1: BBC Radio Como.
0: Radio Cornwall so it will be about three weeks ago maybe you'll get it on BBC Sounds I don't really know how BBC <laughs>
1: Sounds works but, um,
0: yeah thank you very much to yourself Mia it's been a pleasure for those of you listening I'm sure you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2 cast which is I really shouldn't have said that because now I'm going to throw my We sponsor video in in four seconds and that's how that starts so it just looks like a weirdo and I'm saying the same thing over and over and um, if you want to follow Maria if you somehow follow me don't follow her it seems unlikely um it's uh, instagram and oh uh, let's even do this maria warren one one two four no yes yep, and i have no idea tiktok i'm just going to say maria underscore warren i can't remember is it
1: yeah it got thumbs up
0: <laughs> oh yes got both right so if you somehow don't follow maria and, and want to uh, check that out you might get like an extra one and a half followers maria obviously nowhere near as big as yourself thank you for coming on and we shall see you next week for Ollie Harrison of Ollie Contracting. Ollie blogs contractors contracting. I've absolutely butchered this outro. We'll see you next week. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2 cast. I just want to take this moment to quickly thank our primary sponsors once more, Aplan Rural. If you follow Aplan on social media, you'll see the work they're doing to really promote British farming and back our industry. It's been a pleasure working alongside Aplan Rural so far, and long may it continue. The values of Aplan Rural. Runs perfectly in line with the whole mantra of rural to kitchen, and I'm glad to have them on board. Check them out on Instagram at Plan rural and on Facebook at aplan rural insurance. See you for the next podcast.